relationship, more intimate relationship with him, that Christ Jesus' character is being conformed in you even more so, that you're even becoming more yielded to his will, to his purpose, to his plan for your life. And I'm just believing, God, that you're all going to not, to not only know him, but you're going to know him deeply and intimately. And you're going to enter into God's call for your life. And you're going to not just bear fruit, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to win people to the Lord. You're going to lead people to Christ. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall be made well. You're going to lay hands on the blinded eyes that they might be able to see. You're going to make the, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. We can do that because Jesus Christ did it. And he went to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit and said, greater things shall you do. Because I go to the Father. So I want to encourage you. There is more to you than you might think there is. You are more capable in the Lord than you might think you are. You are a Proverbs 31 woman. Even if you don't see yourself that way right now, you are a mighty man of valor. Even if you don't see yourself that way right now, I am declaring that on you in the Lord, and you're going to have to receive that. You're going to have to believe that and know that that is God's word for you. You are who he says you are. Not who you feel you are. Not how you feel. Not how you think. But it is truth that matters. And God's word is truth. Speak the truth of God's word on yourself. Speak the truth of God's word. Let it become, let truth become your reality. Father, I just pray that to be so, that declaration to be the prayers of everyone listening and, and that that will be the heart's embrace of everyone listening, Father, to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you again, ladies. So, good evening, everyone. For those of you who do not know, uh, I, I, my name is Pastor Cornell Cannon. I'm the pastor here at New Covenant Fellowship. Uh, want to greet you in the name of the Lord and just welcome you to this service. I'm going to get into the Word of God, and and I am continuing our series on the on the armor of God. And this week, uh, the title of the message is God's Word, the Sword of the Spirit. God's Word, the Sword of the Spirit. You know, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 say this, that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So I want us to settle in our hearts that all of God's word came from him. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture came from the very mouth of God unto the men of God who became his oracles, who wrote these scriptures down for us. There's no time and there is no space for us to be doubtful or question the validity of the word of God. It is God-breathed. Man, imperfect man, might have been vehicles through which it was delivered to us, but it's the perfect, unerring word of God that was breathed out of his mouth to his vessels. Now, I may not believe in the imperfection of man, but I believe wholeheartedly and trust wholeheartedly in the perfection of my God. And our imperfections are not unsolvable riddles for him. Amen. Our imperfections are not unsolvable riddles for him. Our imperfections do not hinder him or his truth. So all scripture is breathed out by God. And it is beneficial, it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, whole, total, equipped for every good work. God wants us to be fully equipped for every situation, for every circumstance, to be able to perform every good work that he has called us to. And so it brings us to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read 16 and 17. Our, our main uh, uh, verse is 17, but I want to read 16 and 17, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, and it reads, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I wrote, I, I'm reading those two verses because I don't feel like I emphasized what, I, what I'm going to emphasize today. I don't feel like I emphasized it over the previous two weeks that uh, I shared uh, when I shared about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Notice how verse 16 begins. In all circumstances, take up all three of these pieces of armor. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, Take up and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we're going to need these armor pieces are going to have to be available to us. We're going to need to be able to use these, be equipped with them and using these for every circumstance. In all circumstances, situations and circumstances change, but in all circumstances, we're going to need our shield of faith. We're going to need to have our helmet of salvation on to know who we are, who we belong to, who we are in Christ. 
what he's called us to. To know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because we've earned it, but because he died and rose again and he gave it to us. That I may not be perfect. I may not be fully where I ought to be. But you know what? I'm not what I used to be. I'm no longer walking in darkness. I'm no longer unsaved on my way to hell, on my way to the lake of fire, on my way to eternal separation from God. God revealed the truth in my heart that that was my destination, but it didn't have to be. That was my destination, but he gave us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so if we would humble ourselves, acknowledge that we are sinners in need of saving, and, and acknowledge that our salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone, that, that the gift of God that brought us salvation in Christ then we are his children and we are saved from the wrath of God that is to come. We are saved from the eternal condemnation of hell, of the lake of fire. And we are brought into right relationship with God Almighty, our creator, our heavenly father, whose very heart it is for us to come into relationship with him. He wants to be reconciled with all of us. It's not a question of if God loves you. It's not a question of if God wants you. It's not a question of if God wants relationship with you. He does. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you enough that he gave his only begotten son to give you and me, to give all of us the ability to say yes to his gift of salvation. The ability to enter into right relationship and fellowship with him. So it's not a question of what he what he believes, what he feels, or, or how he sees us and what he wants with us, the only question is whether we're going to respond with yes or no. And so I would encourage you, if you don't know the Lord in this moment, that you would humble yourself, that you would acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of salvation and that, and, and, and that Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, is the Savior and Lord of all, and, and, that you, and that you would surrender your heart to him and just say, Lord, I just, I, I give myself to you. I'm a sinner. I've been going my own way, but I repent right here and now. I renounce my old way. I renounce the way of darkness. I renounce the carnal way of sin, and, 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 and I commit myself to you. I surrender to you and just ask you, the Lord, to come into my heart. Save me change me. Make me like you. I'm just believing God that, that someone just came under conviction from the Lord and, 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 and honored God that way and just gave your heart to the Lord. And, and, and I hope 
to be blessed enough to hear from you that you gave your heart to the Lord in this moment. But all scripture is God-breathed. And when we talk about this armor that we've been uh, talking about now, you know, we started, we, we started off with the, blessed, with the breastplate of righteousness and, 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 the, and the belt of truth and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then, and then we moved into the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, right? And so now we're dealing with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's interesting to me that Paul refers to the word of God as the sword of the spirit. You know, the word here for the word used in word, the word used for word in the word of uh, God here, that is the sword of the spirit. Hope y'all can decipher all that. The word here is translated from the word rhema. Rhema, R-H-E-M-A. which means the specific word of God that applies to our current situation. That, that's pretty much my definition here, but it, is the, it, it does convey the accurate point. You know, the rhema word of God, that specific word of God that applies to our current situation. In the moment of temptation, you need to know how to respond with rhema the specific word of God that counters the particular spiritual attack or temptation that you are confronted with. For example, you may be struggling with anxiety. The enemy may be attacking you with, with worry, with anxiety. All right? Now, when the devil tempts you to be worried or anxious, the rhema word that could give you victory over that temptation I would say, you've heard me quote it many times, it's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, now I'm not a swordsman. You know, uh, the a lot of this armor that we're uh, that we've been going through over the past uh, month and a half or so is symbolic of a lot of the armor that was worn in Roman times. And so the Romans had a sword that they wore on their hip, and that sword was always at the ready. That sword could be used for defense or offense. It was used for both. And so they need to be able to defend and attack with that sword. And we need to be able to defend, guard our position, and attack with the word of God. When the enemy tries to come against us, we need to be able to know how to ward off those blows, how to stand strong, and advance against him and use the sword against him to, to, to wound him and drive him off. Okay? So, 
It is the rhema word of God. It's good to know the word. We want, we ought to study the word. We want to memorize the word. We want to meditate on the word. I mean, these are not suggestions. These, you know, this is a command. This is what we ought to be doing. The word of God should be a treasure to us. The word of God communicates the heart of God. The, the, the word of God communicates to us who God is, okay? How he sees us, how he works, what he expects of us, okay? It, 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 it illuminates to us the way of the Lord that we ought to be walking in. We cannot walk with God without knowing his word. I hope there are some amens out there watching this broadcast right now. We cannot walk with him without knowing his word and walking therein. Okay? And so, it is a must. It is imperative that we treasure God's word. That we study his word. That we, that, that, that we do it daily. That that, 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 that we dig deep into his word because we want to know every jot and every tittle. We want to know every little bit about it. So we want to be able to in, properly interpret it and walk in it. We want to walk in obedience to him and we want to properly and accurately reflect him as witnesses of Christ. Jesus Christ was the living word. He was the word of God made flesh. He didn't do or say anything outside of the word. Everything was in accordance with the word. We are Christians, Christians, okay, imitators of Christ, followers of Christ. That means our objective should be the same. To not let any speech come from us that is not the word. To not live a life that is contrary to the word. But, but, but we want to live, we want to think, we want to talk. We want to act. We want to love. We want to communicate. We want to do all things in accordance with the word of God. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to do so. That is what we're called to. And that it, it could be a tremendous, tremendous uh, blessing for us. And, and it could solve a lot of issues that we're confronted with and that we face in the body of Christ today and, 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 and over the years. A lot of the issues that we face are rooted in the fact that we don't know the word, that we don't have an appetite for the word like we ought to, or that, that we're not considering in these moments of temptation, in these moments of trial, in these moments of confrontation, we're not taking time to consider what is the will of God here? What does God's word say? Because this is not just about me. This is about who I represent. It's about who I belong to and whether or not what the next thing that comes out of my mouth or the attitude that emanates from me or the actions that I partake in glorifies him or not. I hope you're hearing me today. And so we're talking about the word of God and we need to esteem the word of God. We need to treasure it. We need to champion it. To not just give mental assent to it, but to be full of faith concerning it. I, I, I believe it, 
You know, I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it because I want to know it. And when I know it, you know, I don't just want to know what it says. I want to know it so that I might not sin against God. I want to know it so that I can conform to it. Right? All right? So then I can conform to it. I can walk in the way of God and I can please him and glorify him and be the witness for him that I am expected to be. The light in this world of darkness that I'm expected to be for him. So that I gave that example of anxiety. And if you're struggling with worry and anxiety, I want you, I want you to type up, write out, whatever you need to do. I want you to, I want you to make Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Okay? I want you to make that your rhema word whenever you're feeling anxiety and worry come upon you. I want you to take out your sword, that rhema word of Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, and I want you to defend your heart and defend your mind with that word. I want you to attack the enemy with that word and, 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 and tell him, no, no, devil. The, the, the word of God says for me to not be anxious about anything. I will not be anxious about anything. I'm going to obey God in this. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, I'm going to let this request that's, that I'm tempted to worry about, I'm going to make that request known to God. I'm going to put my trust in him. And then if I do that, God has promised me the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind's in Christ Jesus. I'm going to do it God's way so that I can get God's peace. Because worrying isn't giving me peace. Worrying isn't giving me victory. Worrying isn't a good witness for the power and might of my God. His ability to save to the utmost. His ability to heal me mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It doesn't speak to, to, to that truth. So I will do that which does. I'm going to go to his word and I'm going to let the word be my sword, the sword of the spirit. I'm going to work with the Holy Spirit in this situation. And, uh, and I'm going to gain victory over this attack of the enemy called anxiety. I'm going to, aim, I'm going to earn victory over that temptation. You know, 2 Timothy 2 Verse 15 says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And I, I, I thought that scripture verse was so appropriate when we're talking about the word of God as the sword of the spirit. We want to be able to rightly handle the sword of the spirit, rightly handle the word of God. I gave an example with Philippians. If worrying and, and uh, anxiety is a struggle for you, I want to go to another example, and I'm going to use our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this example, which means I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to go over the first 11 verses. Uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, and we're going to see the Lord Jesus at work here. And watch him use the rhema word of God against every temptation the enemy 
attacks him with. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, I want to point out something here because I think it's instructive and it's revealing to us the tactic of the devil. Now, Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Any of you who have fasted before, even if you fasted a lot fewer days than 40 days and 40 nights, you know how hungry you can get. All right? Those of us who, if you've fasted for a week, you know, you know those hunger pangs, and you know how you can get weak sometimes physically and so forth, right? Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And so he's physically, you know, he's physically not at his strongest. He's physically weak. He's probably a little mentally drained and so forth, you know, a little fatigued and so forth. And, and you know what? That's what the devil does. When you're at your tiredest, when you're at your most vulnerable, okay, is when he tries to take advantage and he comes in with that temptation, hoping to take advantage of you in your weakened state. All right? And so Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. It says he was hungry. And what is the first temptation the enemy comes with him with? He comes up to him and he first, he attacks his identity. If you are the son of God, which means for him to say that, which means Satan is approaching him as though I have doubts that you are who you say you are. You're going to have to prove it to me. And, and, and I've got a few tests to put you through in order for you to prove to me who you are. You know what? We ain't got to prove anything to anyone. The only, only person we've got to prove anything to is our God. <laughs> Amen? So we've got nothing to prove to anyone. And so we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't fall prey to that. We should be secure enough in our identity with the Lord. All right, that we're not allowing anybody to put us through some tests to prove we are who we say we are. We are Christians. We are sons and daughters of God because that's what he calls us, okay? Because we've given our hearts. We've surrendered ourselves to Christ. We've become followers of Christ. We are believers in Christ, amen? And so because we are, we are sons and daughters of God. We are redeemed. We are saved. And so we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I may not look righteous all the time, but that doesn't matter. I am righteous because I am in Christ. Amen? And I want you to know, know that about yourself. Okay. And so he, uh, he, so he hits Jesus, first of all, I have doubts that, as to who, uh, that you are who you say you are. Okay. Prove it to me. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Okay, so he, he communicates doubt as to who he is, and he tempts him to feed the flesh, which is screaming, I'm hungry, I want to eat, right? And so whatever your temptation is, okay, whatever your weakness is, the enemy is going to try and tempt you in that place. And you need to know the rhema word of God to combat the attack of the enemy, 
so that he is not successful in, in, in drawing you into temptation. So, what does Jesus do? He pulls out the sword, the rhema word of God. And he says this, he answers, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what? The devil didn't continue. Once he hit him with that truth, the devil didn't even try to stay with that same line of attack, right? He's like, okay, okay, let me move on to another. And what does he do next? It says, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God. So he's still expressing doubt that he is who he is. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Now the sneaky devil is trying to throw in scripture. <laughs> he's tempting him and using scripture, misapplied scripture to do it. You know, the devil is, he's low, man, and he's not, he's not above playing those kind of tricky games on you. He'll come to you and he'll use scripture. And if you do not know the word of God, okay, then you are vulnerable to be deceived and begin to walk in that deception and disobedience to the Lord. And you'll be tempted to prove something you shouldn't be bothering yourself with trying to prove. <laughs> All right? And so... So, so, so we need to learn valuable lessons here from what Jesus is doing. So the, so the devil has ramped up the temptation. He's squeezed in a little bit of scripture. Says, won't you do this? Because he said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus still has his sword, he's wielding it. He, Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Amen? So he knew scripture, rhema word, that he could combat the attack of the enemy and, and fend him off and not, and, and not give in to that temptation. You do not have to give in to temptation. Whatever your temptation is, whatever the temptation of the flesh is, Okay, whether it's alcohol or drugs or pornography or, 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 or fornication or whatever it is, you do not have to give in to temptation. God has armed you and equipped you. There, there is armor available for you to be able to fend off the temptations and, attack, and attacks from the enemy so that you can stand strong, stand firm to the glory of God. Amen? So you are victorious in Christ. We just got to know how to put it into practice. We've got to know how to use the armor of God as it's intended to be used. And so, so Jesus fends it off the second attack. Okay, let's see what the devil does then. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. All right? So, you know, he wants to appeal. Hopefully, there is some ambition there. Hopefully, you know, Jesus is selfish and greedy. There's, there's some greed there that, that he can hook him with and get him to uh, fall prey to that temptation. 
and disobey the Father. But what does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. You know, in that last verse, the devil left him. See, the devil's going to test you. He's going to come and he's going to tempt you. He's want, he wants to see if there's any chinks in the armor, if, if there's any parts of the armor that you have chosen not to wield, all right? And so he's going to try and, and he's going to try every tactic he can think of to get to you. And so, so if we, that's why we have to be careful about our speech, all right? We got to be careful about our attitudes and so forth. If, if, if we do not bridle the tongue, if we're sharp with our words and, and when someone makes us upset, we're quick to, to lash out and say things and so forth. Guess where he's going to attack you at? All right? In that vulnerable spot. All right? If we are, if we struggle, if, if we don't decide that we're going to obey God when it comes to forgiving those who have wronged us or offended us. All right? Guess where he's going to attack? All right? So these are personal, customized attacks that are designed to get to you specifically. Where are our weaknesses? And what are we doing about them? You know, we should not have the mindset of, I'm, I'm only human. You know, uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, Y'all know I got a short temper. Y'all know that if you do me wrong, you get one chance. You do me wrong, I'm done with you. You know? And so, and so we say those kinds of things, and we say, hey, y'all know this is me, you know? And if you know me, you ought to be able to accept me for who I am and so forth and so on. Look, you know, I, I, I'm going to say nonsense to that, all right? I'm going to say, hey, we love you, <laughs> all right? We love you, but we, we love you so much, we got to speak the truth in love to you, all right? And if we are a believer, if we are called out to the name of Christ, then we have responsibilities for him to be toward him, to be obedient to what he's commanded us to do. And if he says, love your enemies, guess what we need to be obedient in doing? Loving our enemies. If he says, forgive those who have offended you, then guess what we should do? We should walk in forgiveness. All right? Now, if he says, be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen, Guess what? That's what we should, that's what we're supposed to be. Amen. That's what we should be striving for, and we should not be satisfied for anything less, because that is the standard that God has put up, has put up before us and said, walk in it. Obey me in this. And, he, and Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. If you love him, you'll do what he says. And so, and so it's time for us to rise to that standard of loving God. Speaking his love language and loving him the way he wants us to love him. Amen? And so we're going to have to follow Jesus' lead in obedience to the Father. Jesus, in his weakened physical state, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and so forth, the devil comes and tempts him. And you know what? 
he might have been physically weak, but he was spiritually strong. He might have been in a weakened state, but the sword of the Spirit was strong. The sword of the Spirit was not weakened by his physical state. The sword of the Spirit was not weakened by him, by, by the condition he was in from a 40-day fast. All he had to know was how to wield the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit did the work. The sword of the Spirit cut through Satan's lies, exposed him for who he was, and drove him off. Amen? And so, and so I want you to know, your weakened state does not weaken the Word of God. You might feel helpless. You may not see much hope in what you're going through. But I want you to get out of that mindset. Get out of those feelings. Get out of those carnal thoughts. And, 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 and get into the Word of God and, and, be, and be prayerful, asking God, Father, I want to know your rhema word for this situation. Give me your rhema word so that I can... I, I, I want to be equipped with the sword of the Spirit so that I can combat these negative thoughts and emotions that are racking my brain and racking my soul right now. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word of truth illuminates what is right and what is wrong, what is light, what is dark, what is truth, what is fiction, what is carnal, and what is spirit. And so we're going to need to Equip ourselves with that sword. We're going to need to know the Word of God like Jesus knew the Word of God in order for us to be able to stand in the evil day against the attacks of the enemy. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm going to read that again. Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is truth. And in the midst of the darkness that surrounds us, God's word of truth is the light that will reveal the paths of righteousness for us to walk. I love this passage of scripture because it says, you're a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, 
there are times when circumstances or situations, they hit us square in the face, all right? And we're walking in, and we're in the midst of darkness. There are so many people right now in this, all the issues that we face, the, the, the pandemic and so forth, the economy, all kinds of things that we're facing right now. It, it's just like this big cloud of darkness. And you know what? When it's dark, you don't know which way is the right way to go. Your, your, your vision is, is, is hindered. It's stunted. You can't actually see. So you don't know if you're about to take step, the next step is on solid ground, or if the next step is going to make you go over a cliff and fall to your doom or death. So there could be a pit, there could be a cliff, you know, there could be anything that happens as long as we're in darkness and can't see. But I love this. The word of God, the truth of God's word is a lamp to my feet. What does that mean? Well, the lamp, it does, it's not for long distances. It's more for close distance. If I'm walking somewhere, you know what? The lamp is going to, is going to illuminate a certain, a certain area around me. So I, and it's going to give me enough light to be able to take the next step with confidence. I'm able to see that I can step, oh, oh, I see trouble over there. I see trouble to the left over there. There's trouble behind me. Okay, well, this is good safe ground right here. So I'm, I'm thankful I got a light. I got a lamp here. Now I know which way to take my next step, you know? So the lamp is more immediate. What, do I, what step do I need to take right now in this moment? But it's the light to your path. You know, there is like four aisles here <laughs> in this sanctuary and so forth. You know, you reach a fork in the road, which, which fork is the right path? Lord, what direction, what's the right direction for my life? All right, some decisions are right now here in the moment, right? But then there's also those more long-term, what's the right decision? What's the right path and direction for my life? You know what? You're not getting that apart from the word. Lord, I want to know which way is up. I want to know whether to turn left or right, whether to stay straight ahead. God's word is a lamp that lets me know my surroundings to know where I can take that next step. And God's word is the light to let me know what path is the right path for my life moving forward. And, I, and, and the fact that we live in a world of darkness, come on, children of God. We have the light of truth. We have the light of God's word as a resource available to us. We should not be falling to sin. We should not be uh, struggling with anxiety and unforgiveness and fear and doubt and unbelief. We should not be out there uh, groping about and so forth like, like we don't know what the answers are, like, like we don't know who we know. Are you hearing me? We have God's word that if we'll pour ourselves into it, 
if we'll apply ourselves to it, if we will learn God's word, if we'll study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth, you know, God, then, then we're equipped where God can direct us in the way that we should go. Because we've put on that armor and we're ready to go. Are you hearing me? And so I want to end quoting a verse of Scripture. Psalm 119 again. Verses 11 through 16, I'll just read them and just let them speak to you because it's the heart. It's the heart of the man who is uh, behind these words. I I want you to hear the heart of him. I want you to receive that, and I want that to become your heart towards God. Starting at the 11th verse, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That is Psalm 119, verses 11 through 16. Please read, those, read that and meditate on that and, and, and let God speak to you. And, and I pray that you would embrace that. Let that be your words. Let that be the cry of your heart. And let that become what you're all about. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the privilege and opportunity to share your word, to speak the truth of your word to your people, Lord. Father God, I know that your word will not return unto you void. I trust that as the word has been cast, as the word has been planted, It's been received in in good soil. It's been received in the heart, Father God. And that that planted word in those hearts is going to bear much fruit of righteousness, Father God. Much fruit to the glory of God the Father. So, Father God, I just pray that you continue uh, to make yourself known to us, Father God. Continue to visit us where we're at. Encourage and strengthen your people, Lord. And those who may be listening, who don't know you, who don't know you, who don't have a a relationship with Christ Jesus, who have not surrendered their hearts to him yet, you know, maybe tomorrow, another day, whatever excuses they've used. Father God, I just pray that you are convicting their hearts right now, that, 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 that their hearts are overwhelmed, Father God, with your love for them, that the truth of your word has so resonated and spoken to their hearts, Father God, that they are compelled to respond to you by humbling themselves, Father God, and acknowledging Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior and, 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 and declaring him Lord and Savior of their lives, Father God. I just trust you for all this, Father, and I give you glory and praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. New Covenant, I love you. I bless you in the Lord. I'll see you soon. God bless you.
Bye-bye.